I'm co-editor Joseph Abraham, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. Here's a look at some of the top news stories from the past week. In case you missed it, let's start with a few stories that appeared in Tuesday's paper. The Upper Delaware Scenic Byway winds its way around the Delaware River from Port Jervis to Hancock, providing scenic views and overlooks. It was legislatively designated as a component of the New York State Scenic Byway System in 2002 and covers three counties, Sullivan, Orange, and Delaware. UDSB Chairman John Pizzolatto appeared before the county legislature on March 11th to announce their plans for expansion and to ask the legislators for additional funding. The UDSB is a volunteer nonprofit organization funded by partnering townships and the county. Sullivan County previously gave $25,000 annually, and Sullivan County towns of Delaware, Coshecton, Tustin, Highland, and Lumberland give around $500 to $1,000 a year. Pizzolatto said they are asking the county to kick up their contribution to $100,000 and enter a three year investment. The UDSB is tasked with promoting the Delaware River and the surrounding communities to both tourists and residents. Pizzolatto said that with additional funding, it could expand its functions and go from a volunteer board to hire an executive director and executive assistant that could be based in the Calicoon Train Depot Visitor Center. Further, he said they could expand their grant program and continue their marketing outreach, as well as pursue revenue streams. Some legislators expressed trepidation about expanding the UDSB, saying it can conflict with the Sullivan Catskills Visitors Association, which is currently under contract negotiations with the county. Pizzolatto remarked that they see the SCVA as a sister organization and that they are diverse groups. Other legislators voiced their support for the project, including Nadia Reich, who is a former chairwoman of the UDSB. She said, quote, I find this to be a very valuable organization and it needs to move forward for the beautification, tourism, and enhancement of that beautiful highway. She added that with more funding, they could fix some of the dilapidated properties along the byway and bring in more business. Through the years, the towns have been minimally supportive giving whatever they can, and that's not enough to run an organization, especially as important as the byway, Reich remarked. Chairman Rob Doherty agreed, saying the UDSB has been underfunded since its inception. He said, quote, this is a good investment in the county to spur other activities and show our natural resources, because at the end of the day, that's what Sullivan County is all about, tourism and agriculture. The legislators didn't take any action on March 11th and agreed to have further discussion. In other news from the March 11th meetings, legislator Nadia Reich introduced a resolution during the legislature's Health and Family Services Committee meeting to issue a formal censure of Chairman Rob Doherty for, quote, a misuse of county resources and a misuse of his position as chair. Reich had earlier mentioned that she would be bringing up the resolution, which is in regards to an ethics charge against legislator Louis Alvarez for his behavior towards former Commissioner of Health and Family Services Stephanie Brown. That resolution failed to pass, with Reich and Alvarez voting for it, and legislators Michael Brooks, Nicholas Salamon, and Alan Sorensen opposed. You can learn more about both the scenic byway discussion and the censure attempt by visiting our website, scdemocratonline.com. This past Saturday, outside the Lawrence H. Cook Sullivan County Courthouse, Equality in Sullivan County Now hosted a memorial in memory of Breonna Taylor, who was killed by Louisville police officers during a raid of her apartment one year ago to the day. The cold wind did not detour folks from gathering for the memory of Taylor and also to highlight the need for police reform in the county. These county residents weren't alone. Many people across the country from Louisville, New York, and many other places also gathered in public spaces to honor Taylor. Dana Halpern of Equality in Sullivan County Now said to the crowd, 
Brianna Taylor was murdered in her home by police officers who busted down her door and shot her and let her bleed out on the floor while they detained her boyfriend. We need police reform. We need it now. Shifting gears to the pandemic. Last Friday, over 200 people received their first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine at a pop-up vaccination clinic at the Monticello Raceway. It was one of more than a dozen pop-up clinics organized by the state in an effort to reach more underserved communities. Doctors, nurses, and staff from Garnet Health Medical Center Catskills partnered with Resorts World Catskills to bring the pop-up vaccine site to the Monticello Raceway. New York State reached out to Garnet Health Catskills about hosting the clinic to administer Pfizer shots, said Dr. Gerard Galarnu, president of the Garnet Health Doctors. We are honored to be asked. Garnet Health has provided thousands of vaccines, and we continue to do so. So on hand was New York State Assemblywoman Aileen Gunther, who administered vaccines and provided support at the pop-up clinic. As a registered nurse, Gunther has been volunteering with Garnet Health throughout the pandemic. She said, quote, it was a great day. We had Spanish-speaking people who could help folks get through the process quickly. It was done in the most organized and efficient way you could believe. The nurses and Jonathan Schiller are amazing and really trying their best to make sure as many people as possible get immunized. The only thing we need is more vaccines. Of the more than 200 people who were vaccinated on Friday, the majority of them were registered by Juanita Sarmiento and the Rural and Migrant Ministry, as well as local community activists and organizers Sandra Oxford and Dana Halpern. To read more about the pop-up clinic, check out the article on scdemocratonline.com. Now we're going to take a look at a couple of the top stories in today's newspaper. After a failed safety inspection, Skinner's Falls Bridge has been closed indefinitely since October 2019. Residents are wondering when, if at all, the single-laid bridge that connects Milanville, PA to Cushecton will reopen to vehicle traffic. Answers might be coming soon. Pennsylvania Department of Transportation District 4-0, together with the Federal Highway Administration and New York State Department of Transportation Region 9, is preparing a planning study for the Skinner's Falls Bridge. PennDOT will be hosting a virtual public meeting on March 30th from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. to seek input from the community to better understand how to move forward to meet local transportation needs with realistically available financial resources. For info on how to provide public comment and to see the full story, check out today's Democrat. In other news, Cushecton resident Cambry Cruz was able to get an appointment for her first dose of the COVID-19 vaccine through the website TurboVax that finds appointments from the 60 state-run vaccine sites in the New York City area. The website, which was created by a 31-year-old software engineer, quickly gained recognition and helped people who might not have had access before to be able to secure an appointment. That inspired Cruz to create her own Google map for the local Sullivan County area. Cruz said, quote, it's my duty as a citizen to try to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. She said the county's website has a list of vaccine sites but that's difficult to navigate and may require a few clicks or phone calls to get the right information. She said, quote, it made me wonder if there was a way of pulling the information into one location. Cruz is not a software engineer or a healthcare professional, but using her background in public relations and marketing, she's used to finding creative solutions and executing them. After her map was passed around, she said she received a few notes from people thanking her and saying they were able to get the shot. Cruz said, quote, if even one person was able to use this map and get an appointment, then the time was worth it. Finally, there's a new mayor in the village of Jeffersonville. Local attorney Bill Chellis was elected, defeating Deborah Tony 72 votes to 55 votes in what was one of the highest turnouts in the village's election history. Chellis, a current village trustee, will start his term as mayor on Thursday, April 1st. He said, quote, We're excited and happy. We were cautiously optimistic. 
Going door to door, we heard about people's frustrations. Chellis noted that one concern was the occasional brown tap water from the village's 100-year-old pipe system. Chellis said he spoke to residents of a bottom-up revolution, or localism, and encouraging continued vibrancy in Jeffersonville. Encountered a very conservative faction and a very progressive faction. They were both attracted to sustainability, Chellis said, referring to an approach called strong towns that urges cities and towns to improve incrementally with many small changes, rather than via huge projects and major investments. To learn more about the election in Jeffersonville, and to see articles on a new grant program for first-time home buyers, and the closure of Medicine Shop's Roscoe location, pick up a copy of The Democrat on newsstands across the region, or visit scdemocratonline.com. That's it for this week's news and review. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you'd like to subscribe, you can call 845-887-5200 Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m.